Good evening, Dallas, Texas. Hi, my name is Pastor Bill Yonker. You can call me Bill. The best thing I'm going to say to you is going to happen right now. These are the very words of Jesus, and I want you to pay attention from which way the problems come from, okay? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, says Jesus, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Amen? Amen. Jesus is saying something incredible. He's saying this. In this world, you are not going to be able to handle all the issues alone. I'm here to tell you it's true. As I travel around, one of the biggest things I find is that people will come up to me and they'll say, Bill, life is hard. Sometimes people say, life is awful. And I'll say, well, what are you talking about? And they'll say, I just can't seem to manage my own life. And it seems like everybody else can manage theirs. I can't manage mine. And I start thinking, you know what? I've yet to meet a person who can manage their own life. I know I can. I love my birthday. It's December 18th. You can write that down. <laughs> send me cards. No, don't send me cards. Send me presents. You know what? When I was growing up, how many of you have birthdays close to Christmas? Raise your hand. If you know the problem then. You'll get one present and they say, Happy Merry Birthday Christmas, don't they? And you know what? I hated that because I love presents. And some of you will say, well, dude, you're old. I don't care. I still love presents. I love it when my birthday comes around. But here's what I don't like. I don't like when I get cheated out of presents. And so when I was growing up, I was always sure that I was getting cheated out of presents because they'd come up and hand me one. They'd say, happy, merry birthday, Christmas. And I hated that. So I started about in college and even through seminary. I started advertising for my birthday. I'd send out flyers like in October. Bill's birthday is coming December 18th. Shop off and shop early. Don't be cheap. Here was my favorite one. Don't embarrass both of us by giving me a card. Buy me a present. And so I'd send out these flyers. Now my congregation, Emmanuel Lutheran in East Dundee, Illinois, they know that I love my birthday. And so they like to goof on me during my birthday. One year, they put poles in my front yard, and then they hung um, clothesline. And then from the clothesline, they hung a bunch of bras and athletic supporters. And then it, it had a big sign that said, Happy birthday, Pastor Yonker. You have our support. <laughs> I know. Everybody driving by, woohoo! You got their support, man. One year, though, was kind of odd. They decided to toilet paper my house. Now, that's the weirdest thing in the world to me. I know some people like to do that. Let's go toilet paper. That's really not that big of an honor if you get your house toilet paper. It really is. I guess the only honor is the toilet paper's clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'd be bad if it wasn't. But anyway, they decided one year they were going to toilet paper my house. So there's about, I don't know, 50, 80 people got together over at church, met there, 
got a strategy, drove over to my house, were hiding in the bushes, and I was home. They saw me walk past the window, and whenever they'd see me walk past the window, they'd like say, down, and they'd get on the ground. And we got doctors and lawyers in my church. I would have just wish I would have looked out the window and would have looked over and seen somebody on the ground, you know, flat on the ground like a pancake, arms spread out, tongue hanging out. I would have loved to have seen that, but I didn't, I didn't see him. Anyway, they toilet papered my whole backyard, part of my front yard, the side yard. I mean, it was awful. You know, some people, it's awesome. No, it was awful because I got to clean it up. I wake up in the morning and there is toilet paper everywhere. And my neighbors, they didn't like it either. They'd walk by shaking their head, looking at me, scowling, making sure you clean that up, yonker. Well, that night after I got home from church, we, uh, my, my kids like to decorate my chair like a throne because on that day, I'm the king. <laughs> my wife even says I can be. <laughs> And, and so I get to be the king. And I always sing from the Wizard of Oz. If I were the king of the forest. <laughs> I love it. My kids used to love it. Now they just kind of roll their eyes. All right, all right. And so then they, they give me presents. And I, you know, I don't care really what's in it. Just have some thought behind it and have lots of them. And so... I opened the presents, and then it was time to get the kids ready for bed, and we did the pajama thing, and the brush the teeth thing, and, and the prayer thing, and then the hugging, and kissing, and crying, and goodbyeing thing, and, and, and then, then there's the second round where, I need a drink, I gotta go to the bathroom, and all that kind of stuff, and I said to Joanna, my wife, I said, honey, why don't you take care of that, I gotta go clean up this toilet paper outside before the neighbors go nuts. So I go outside, and I'm cleaning up all the toilet paper, and I got all of the stuff off the bushes and, and the stuff that had fallen from I got a big old maple tree in my backyard. I mean, it's huge, and, and it's, it's really big around. And then about five feet up, um, it branches off into three other trunks. That's called a crotch. Did you know that? I know, that's the crotch of the tree. Anyway, and so it had fallen down from the, the, from the tree, but there's still a lot of toilet paper up in the tree. Well, after I got all of the stuff on the ground, I looked up and I thought, you know, if I jump up on the crotch of the tree, I, I'd be able to shinny out these other trunks and probably get some more. I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Now, my garage was right there. I got a stepladder in there. I could have gone and got the stepladder and put it by the tree, climbed the stepladder and jumped into the crotch and then shinnied out. But I used to be an athlete. I know. I was a high jumper at Valparaiso University. I know. Some of you are looking at me, you? Hey, I'm telling you, I used to be skinny. I tell people, I used to be 180 pounds of chiseled steel and sex appeal. Now it's 300 pounds of spare wheel and oatmeal, but I used to be chiseled steel and sex appeal. Anyway, so I'm thinking, you used to be an athlete. Now my kids were playing with this, this plastic bucket. It's like a three-gallon bucket. I don't know what they were doing with it. And, and there was snow on the ground, but the bucket was there. And I thought, you know, if I tip that bucket upside down, right at the base of the tree, and I back up a little bit. If I run at it as hard as I can, I can jump off the bucket and land in the crotch of the tree. I thought, that's a great idea. Now, even though there was snow on the ground, I had like a t-shirt on, sweatpants, and topsider shoes, you know, duck shoes. And I figured that was the appropriate attire to clean up toilet paper in. And, and December 18th, it was, it was kind of cold, but you know, I've got some padding here that keeps me warm. So anyway, I put the bucket upside down. I backed up a couple of steps. 
I backed up a couple of more steps, and then I took off running, and I ran as hard as I could, and I hit the top of that bucket, and I sailed it. If that was an Olympic event, I'd have meddled. Bucket jumping into the crotch of a tree, I would have meddled. Man, I was soaring, and I was soaring, and I was just about ready to land in the crotch of the tree. I looked down, I could see it all of a sudden, bam, boom, ah! And I was on the ground. And I was holding the top of my head. And I learned a law of physics that I should have already known, and it's this. If you jump in the air and your head hits a birdhouse in the tree, you'll fall down. <laughs> see, I had forgotten that in the middle of one of those trunks, I'd hung a birdhouse. And truly, if you jump as hard as you can and your head hits the front corner of it, you'll stop your momentum and you'll literally fall. Now, I, I landed on my feet and I'm kind of staggering around. It hurt so bad, I got my hand on top of my head and I kept looking down at my hand saying, you know, I wonder if it's gonna bleed, but I couldn't see because um, it was in the shadows part. We have a, a back porch light, but, but um, it was kind of in the shadows. And so I kind of went over to where the light was and I put, pulled my hand off my head to look to see if it was bleeding, but I couldn't see my hand because blood was gushing into my face down from the top of my head. I put my hand back on top of my head, somewhat to hold in the brains that I should have been using. <laughs> and I knew enough not to sit down or lay down because I was afraid I wouldn't get up again. And even if my wife saw me laying with a t-shirt and sweatpants on in the snow, she'd just think, idiot, and she'd walk by the window. She wouldn't even care. Well, she'd care, she'd just think I was being normal. <laughs> so I go up the back steps into the house and I opened the door and I went, Joanne, blood is cascading down my head, into my shoulders, into my collar, and I'm trying to hold it. Joanne, I don't want to scare the kids, because I look like I've just come from the chainsaw massacre. <laughs> By the way, the Texas chainsaw massacre. So I'm holding my head, I walk in, I'm going, Joanne, and she goes, I'll be right there. I said, I need you now. She said, remember you left me with the children. And I said, I understand, but I need you. And she came around the corner and she went, ah! And I said, don't scare the kids. And she turned around and she, the kids all jumped out of bed and, what's the matter, mommy? And I, oh, nothing, daddy, just scared me. And I'm sitting at the table and, and she came back in if she got, after she got him back in bed and she said, let me look. And she looked and she said, mm. Hey, I don't think it's going to heal on its own. And I'm thinking I probably need staples up there, you know. And, and she said, well, what are we going to do? You need to go to the hospital and, and I can't take you because we don't want to get the kids up. And literally there was blood all over my clothes. And, and I said, well, let's call Mr. Becker. He's the principal at our, our Lutheran school where we are. And so I called Ken Becker and I said, Ken, you got to take me to the hospital. He said, why? I said, I split my head open. He said, oh my goodness, what'd you do? I said, jumped birdhouse boom down he said i understand i'll be right there he brought me he got he came to my house got in his car he's got plastic all over the the, the seats which was good and and he i don't know if that was because he thought i wasn't potty trained or because i was bleeding drove me to good shepherd hospital in barrington illinois I walk into the emergency room. Usually emergency rooms are packed. This one was, was empty. There was nobody in there but the lady behind the little desk. And I walked in and she went, oh my goodness, what happened to you? That doesn't instill a lot of confidence when they're freaking out, you know? <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> I wanted to say there was this child playing in the street with a ball and a car came roaring around and I pushed the child to safety, but the guy, I simply said, Birdhouse. 
jumped, tree, boom. She said, what? I told her the whole story. She said, you're kidding. She said, I'll be right with you. And she left. Behind where she was, there was like a curtain, and I could see silhouettes of people, and I heard her whispering, and I heard somebody go, no way, I gotta see this. And she came back out, and she said, okay, let me have your name. And so I gave her my name, and all of a sudden these two other nurses came out, I have my pen, where's my pen? They said, where's my, (laughs) and they went back. That hurt my feelings. They ended up stitching up the top of my head. Now, the problem with the top, getting the top of your head stitched up is this. There's not a lot of, of skin up there, and your scalp is really pretty tight. And so they couldn't get the scalp to stay together, so they had to overlap it. I now have a bump on top of my head. And you can feel it, but ask me first, because that's weird if like, I'm eating breakfast and you come up and you're rubbing my hair. Um, but you can, and, and I'll show you, and, and I think it's going down now, because literally people all over the country have been pushing the bump back into my skull. But I can't go bald. I've told God that I can't go bald. Here's the reason. I'd be a conehead. <laughs> I tell you that story so that I can tell you this. In fact, you're going to hear me say that a few times this weekend. I tell you that to tell you this. Help me out with that. I'm going to say I tell you that, you say, so that I can tell you this. I tell you that so I can tell you Excellent. Nicely done. And so I tell you that so I can tell you this. We cannot manage our own lives. I can't even get toilet paper out of a tree without hurting myself. We cannot manage our own lives. Please understand that. Amen? But here's the good news, and this weekend what we're going to do is we're going to help you understand you're not here simply to learn how to manage your life better. We're not here simply so you can meet new people. We're not here simply so you can get away from your parents and grades and and all the kids at school. Here's why we are here. We are here because we are going to focus on this theme, stand on the rock. The rock is the word of Jesus Christ. And we are going to stand because, baby, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Amen? Now, if we're going to stand on the rock, the good news is this, that we are not called simply to stand on the rock for a time. We are called to stand on the rock for all eternity. And the good news is you are invited tonight. Let me have your faces right here. Because I want you to understand something. You are invited, each and every one of you tonight, to stand individually on the rock. In fact, Jesus says to you, He wants to rock your face off. He wants you to know that you individually are being invited. 